Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. Welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. This episode is brought to you by the Revolutionizing Parenthood Conference, a first-of-its-kind parenting conference in the Philadelphia area that I am co-organizing with my friend and colleague, Ashley Albrecht. My dear friend, Dr. Shafali, will join us as the keynote speaker, and I, along with the amazing colleagues in my professional community, We'll be offering various breakout sessions covering a wide variety of topics that parents struggle with in their families. Tickets are on sale now at the early bird discount. For more information, visit www.revolutionizingparenthood.com. And now, just for my listeners, you can get $25 off your ticket price. When you register, just put in discount code PODCAST25 to get your $25 coupon. Hello and welcome to episode 437. Today, I wanted to share a few studying or I should say memorization tips with you. I have been helping my daughter study for years and years. My boys don't usually ask me for that kind of help, but she always does. And so (coughs) I have learned a few tricks and tips that help her when she has to memorize something. First of all, I should say, I think the vast majority of memorization is silly and pointless because why are we forcing our kids to memorize things when they have the information at their fingertips on their phone or computer. And yes, there are some things that need to be memorized, like a doctor or a physical therapist needs to memorize body parts and steps and procedures and how things work and stuff like that. So there still are things where we need to memorize, but I find that some of the stuff that she brings home to memorize is completely silly. For example, she had to memorize chunks of words, or she had to memorize a list of words. I don't even remember what it was for, but she had to do this several different times, and she was very worried about it, and so I helped her to memorize the first letter. So part of memorization, or one thing that makes it easier, is to chunk the things into bite-sized pieces. So we took the list and I suggested that she memorize the first letter 
of, let's say there are 20 things to memorize. Memorize the first letter of five of them. And then write, the, write that pattern down on a piece of paper so that your mind's eye starts to see just the first letter going down like a row in a row, like going down one after the other on, on lines of paper. And then you memorize what each of those letters stands for, which word. And so if you can memorize the first, five, the fi the first letter of the five words, it's easier to memorize the five words. Then once you have that down, you go to the second five. You memorize the first word down, and then you memorize those five words. <coughs> and then you just chunk it into bite-sized pieces. When I have helped her with this, she has been able to memorize very quickly, maybe a half an hour, and get a hundred with 100% accuracy. Now, she's not going to remember it three days later, but she's not going to need to either, right? So when they have to memorize lists of things, chunking is a great technique and also memorizing, the, if it's just a list of words, memorizing the first letter, the order and the pattern of the first letter of each word. That's one thing that has helped her. She has had to memorize poems, so lines and lines of poems. And so let's say there are <coughs> 10 lines of a poem. Oh, I should also say, when, when she was memorizing, when she has to memorize a list of words, I have her write the words in her handwriting. Because when we write in our own handwriting, instead of looking at someone else's handwriting or typing on the computer, it commits it to memory better. I forget the exact scientific explanation of it, but it, it does actually commit it to memory better. And I know for me, when I write things, especially if I am repetitive, if I write it several times or write it and look at it several times, it almost becomes a photograph in my mind. So then when I need to recall what's on that paper, I can just kind of look in my mind's eye and see it. So that's very helpful too. So going back to the poem, she's had to memorize, let's say, 10 lines of a poem. Or let's say 14 lines of a poem. When you look at 14 lines of a poem and you know you have to memorize it, it can be totally overwhelming. So one thing, well, let's say it's 10 lines. That makes it a little bit easier. <coughs> Again, we chunk it into bite-sized pieces. So maybe we chunk it into two lines at a time. But the addition here is that I have her write lines one and two in one color, like let's say blue. Then lines three and four, she writes in green. Then lines five and six, she writes in orange. Then lines seven and eight, she writes in black. And then lines nine and 10, she writes in purple. So she's doing the writing, the act of the writing, which is committing it to her brain. But then visually, she's also seeing five chunks of two lines each. So when she's committing that to memory in her brain, she's see, she can look, she can try to jog her memory by looking for the chunk. What color, what color is that? You know, so maybe she memorizes 
she recites lines one and two, and then she can't remember three, but then she says, oh, wait, I wrote that in green. Oh, right, green, okay. And then she can more easily recall what the actual lines are. <clears throat> so chunking the lines into smaller groups and then making them color-coded. That's one added layer of memorization. And then only memorizing the chunks in that color. So she can become very proficient in the first two lines in the color of blue, and then she can become very proficient in the second two lines in the color of green, and then move on and on. And when I've helped her to do that, she has committed it to memory very quickly with 100% accuracy in a very short amount of time. And usually we don't do these memorization practices until the night before. Not that I advocate <coughs> kids putting off their work until the last minute, but with memorization uh, tasks, it's easier to keep it in there and let it stick if you don't let a lot of interference happen between when you memorized and when you need to uh, produce, perform for the test or the recitation or presentation or whatever. If you memorize it on Sunday night and your presentation is until Friday, you have a whole school week to go of things that are happening and life all around you and friends and different homework assignments and then you're not going to, it's going to be harder with all that static in there. If you memorize it the night before and you can go to school that day and <coughs> perform for the, the the grade, the exam, the test, the recitation, presentation, then it's going to be much less static in your brain to be able to access that information. Last night, my daughter had to, she had to work. She's just coming off of the flu. So she had to put together this weekend a slide presentation about her life. And I think she had 10 slides she had to put 10 slides together about her life, her childhood growing up so far, and she had to do a presentation in Spanish. So she had to create the slides this weekend. She had to write the sentences that she was speaking about the slides in Spanish, and then she had to memorize it for a presentation today. So <clears throat> when I saw the volume of words that she was needing to memorize across 10 slides. I mean, she didn't have to say a lot about each slide, but there were at least two or three small sentences about each one. And so when I saw what she had to memorize, she was asking, you know, she asked if I could sit down with her and help her to memorize. And I said, of course. And then we sat down and she said, how am I going to memorize all this? And I looked at it and I thought, I've helped her memorize for Spanish before, but I don't think she's ever had to memorize quite this volume of information. So I looked at her writing that that she she actually typed it up. This time she didn't need to write handwrite it. But I looked at what she had typed up and I looked at the slides and I said, "Okay, why don't you when you try to memorize slide 1, Look at what you wrote in Spanish. Translate it back into English. Memorize what you wanted to say in English how it is, and how it matches what you have on the slide. <coughs> and then convert those words to Spanish in your mind. And she tried it, 
and it worked beautifully. This would not necessarily work for all people, for all kids, because the translation back and forth, some are better at it and some struggle with it more. I think when I've listened to her studying for her tests and things, I think she's able to uh, translate back and forth between English and Spanish. So it's much easier to memorize something, I think, in English, your native language, than it is to memorize it in a foreign language. So she did that. She looked at what she wrote for each slide. She translated it into English. She looked at the pictures on the slide and figured out something that would she could link the sentence to on that slide so she could remember. And then she converted it back to Spanish. She worked on it probably for about an hour, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. <clears throat> and then the other thing that we did, once she memorized each slide, and the way I had her memorize it was I had her memorize slide one. Keep practicing that until you get it 100% accurate. And then once you're good on that, go to slide two. Practice that until you're 100% accurate. Once you feel competent on that, you go back to one. You present one, you present two. Once you get them right, you go to three. You practice that until you have it 100% memorized and you feel good. Once you're ready, you go back and do one, two, and three. So it's almost like um, the 12 days of Christmas where you keep repeating one, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, and it really helps you to commit them to memory because you repeat, repeat, repeat. And then... Uh, so she did that all the way through. And so when we got when she got to slide 10 and she had that memorized and she was ready to go, she presented the whole thing front to back. And she did it with 100% accuracy. Then I said, why don't, we, why don't you present them backwards from 10 to 1? And so she looked at the slideshow and she went back, 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 back. And I looked, I read her, I looked at her Spanish writing and she did it with 100% accuracy. Then we said, why don't you do it randomly. That's what her idea was. So we did it randomly. We just, I just bounced around with different slides and she was able to say what was on each slide with 100% accuracy. Then I had her brush her teeth and go straight to bed. Let her mind just kind of percolate with that memorization in there. And then when she woke up this morning before school, I said, let's run through it one more time. And so this time we didn't even use the PowerPoint, which she used all last night to study. And instead, I just explained the slides to her. And I, and I did it randomly again. So I said what's on the slide, and she said in Spanish what she needed to say about it. And again, she did it with 100% accuracy. Thankfully, her Spanish class is first period, so she is able to go right to school with little interference from other subjects and get that presentation done. So I know this was very technically uh, a very technical um, episode. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to add. Something that has helped a client, one of my clients' sons. When you have to memorize, when, they, when younger kids have to memorize math facts, addition, subtraction, times, times, and multiplication, I mean multiplication and division, doing it with a movement activity is a great way to get that down. 
So, or some kind of activity, some kind of physical activity. I used to um, give my son flashcards when he was in the bathtub because he was moving in the water and it kind of stimulated his brain. My son, my younger son and daughter, <coughs> we used to practice their math facts while I was pushing them on a tire swing and that would help them to re remember them. One of my clients, her son found success when she would quiz him on the math facts while he was jumping on a mini trampoline. And my daughter last night said, how come it feels like it's easier to memorize things if I'm rubbing my hands together? And I said, I, I don't really know exactly what the scientific explanation is, but I think that when you're doing something, you're kind of occupying the rest of your brain so that the memorization part can absolutely give the memorization you're doing 100% concentration. That may be accurate or totally backwards, I don't know, but all I do know is that these things work. And when our kids have to memorize things, I don't know about your kids, but it's very stressful. And so any techniques that we can share with them to help them ease the stress of it, I would say is pretty good and pretty valuable. So I know this was a very technical episode, but I hope for those of you who need help, who need to help your children memorize things, I hope you'll find it very useful. All right, that wraps up today's episode. I, wherever you are in this world, I hope you make it a very memorable day. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to Aaron at Aaron-Taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.